I miss sloppy. <laughs> I, I say I'm I'm tired of overly professional radio. I would like to be surprised and and shocked actually yeah. by my radio a little more often than I am. Welcome to It's Alt Journalism. My name is Michael O'Connell here with another podcast about the changing state of digital news and media. And in studio with me today, we've sort of got a, a full house. <laughs> to my to my left is uh, Amber Healy, uh, one of our uh, producers. Welcome, Amber. Thanks, Mike. Okay, and uh, Amber, you actually set up uh, these. <laughs> it's just giving me a look. Uh, actually, you set up these interviews, and uh, could you sort of introduce them and and maybe explain why we're we're talking to these two wonderful people? Yeah, sure. Um, so. To my left, initially, is uh, this Lauren is like McCardle. like a football game. We have to tell <laughs> where everybody is. Sitting around the table today, we have, I have uh, Lauren McArdle, who is the uh, operations manager for Arlington Independent Media, soon to launch their uh, low-power FM station, WERA, which will be 96.7, if you live within a certain distance, which we'll get to later. Um, and then to her left... <laughs> We're all lefties here, is uh, Marika Partridge, who is the creator, founder, and uh, mastermind behind Tacoma Radio, which will be launching next year. Early next year, we hope, Early but definitely year. by July. Okay, so we're here talking about low-powered radio, which seems so retro and cool. Why? Why low-powered radio? What, why, why should people... Um, what is it what is it can sort of bring to people? Well, in Arlington, I, I think it's um, helpful uh, for our community... And what we do as Arlington Independent Media is we train member, you know, we train people in the community uh, in television production, and it just seemed to be a natural fit to add radio. And people are looking for that local content and information on Arlington specific. Being a being a hop, skip, and a jump from DC, most of the news is DC oriented or national news. So I think people are looking for something that's more specific to Arlington. How about you, Marika? What, what? Low-powered radio. I have been in community radio for like 40 years, and I stumbled on community radio, uh, did not study it, but uh, as a young person, I arrived in Alaska, and I and I discovered public radio, community radio in Juneau, Alaska. Then I went over to Sitka and started a community station there because I had been in the capital city, Juneau. It was accessible radio for people using volunteers and it was just it's so bewitching really it's so much fun so uh i came here actually from sitka to work at national public radio and i didn't i wasn't even aware of what lpfm was the the the, the year 2000 was the first big giveaway but these are free airwaves they are they belong to the people so when i heard in uh, 2011 that the giveaway was going to come around again I mean, I just had all the I had all the background for saying, yeah, we want that. It's free. All you have to do is fill out the application. You might get it. So it, it was just uh, too sexy to resist. So could, <laughs> could you sort of explain that? That that you know, obviously, I guess the the radio signals are is sort of a limited band, and, and that they they sort of parcel out in each of the um, localities. Uh, what section of the of that band that you can have? So, how do, what is that process? How does how does somebody you know why is this done this way? Well, it's sort of new actually uh, with the Community Radio Act of 2010 signed into law, you know, by President Obama. Radio airwaves were specified to be given back to community groups for non-commercial public 
consuming of, of radio to put us, you know, to give us a chance to get on the air. Uh, people, non-commercial, little community groups were given precedence for these airwaves. And the dial was was redefined and little little places were found where they could be found. They looked to see instead of having three clicks, if you will, on the dial between stations, it was now going to be able to be two clicks. So there were opportunities for Arlington, for example, for Tacoma. There were there were a couple of frequencies identified in the D.C. area and in other metropolitan areas for the first time, the way that they were looking at the at the dial there's going to be space for, for some community groups. Now, now, um, Lori, you're launching a, a station soon. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, December 6th. December 6th. And, and, and so what, what type of content are you going to have on that? Well, for us, uh, we've, we've just started um, just in the last two weeks accepting uh, programming applications. We have a independent, not an independent, but a programming advisory review council uh, that is made up of community members and they're reviewing applications for the programming. Um, and it's a mix of everything. So there's music, there's talk, uh, there's advice, there's sports, there's, I think we're even going to have a Pokemon show. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Sweet. You know, I, I got into, I, there was a period of time where I actually got jobs because of my knowledge of Pokemon. But that's, a, that's another conversation. That's so, yeah, that publicly, story. by the way. So it's, it's truly what I see as, it's what the community wants, and it's a mixture of things. Um, there's a lot of variety that's coming in. Uh, we have a gentleman uh, who's doing a world music program, and these are these are areas that aren't reached by traditional commercial radio. Uh-huh. And, and so, how does this? How are you differentiated from, say, well, public media, like public the the NPR's type stations? Well, I I don't know all the specifics about NPR, but. For, for my experience in, as a listener is a lot of the a lot of the programming on NPR is syndicated, and this will be locally produced by residents uh, of the of the community that that you know the broadcast area will cover. Now, um, Marika, uh, I'm trying to read your shirt. W uh, Wow D L P W O W D. So now, are you got you're not on, on the air yet, are you? No, you see, um, we were in a competition, so there, a lot of stations were in competition. When, oh. You know, when our application was filed, we were in a set of six. We were in a set of three. So, and then that your competition, oftentimes they just go away because it was fairly straightforward to fill out the application, but you you had to be truthful and you had to be local, uh-huh. and so I mean, in and associated cases, with a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Certain strokes of the pen nationally took away competition for for that for us. happened. Yeah, that happened for one of our groups, and then um, the other group made some modifications to uh, to their application, which for us sped up the process quite uh, unexpectedly. So that's why we're going to be on the air before Tacoma because we had less competition oh, and. By that other group making those changes, that just said, "Okay, you're approved, and you're approved, and go." And we had the we had like much more complications, so we didn't get our construction permit for, you know, at least six or eight months after them. So we have a little bit more time now. You say construction uh, permit. Actually, I think we were, before we were talking, you said something about going out to the tower. Um, what do, what does this require as far as? Well, well, let's talk about it in a couple of ways. Technically, what do you, what do you guys need to do to get your signal out there? You know, building a studio 
for the <laughs> there's that, <laughs> there's that. Okay. we're uh, we just finished ours uh and there's um you know raising a mast for an antenna i'm finding that location and that's all part of the construction permit application process of identifying that location and so you have to go before the arlington county board well we um we didn't have to go in front of the board but we actually have we're partnering with um arlington county office of emergency management mm. and that uh, helped that partnership helped us get a location uh, in um, courthouse, not on the county building, but next door, to give us better coverage of all of Arlington. Oh, neat, neat. And on Arlington is is you know, and we talked about it when we had Scott Broadbeck on. I'm talking about Arlington. Arlington is a pretty. I don't want to say a small community because they're they're hell of a It's lot of compact. People. It's a compact. It's <laughs> a compact com- community. So you actually have a signal in, in the middle of that. Is kind of huge because it helps you reach a lot of people. Yeah, the far northwest corner um, might be challenging, and then we'll we'll cover a, a little bit across the Potomac as well. Um, but it's having this location will will get us most most of Arlington, which is exciting. So, we're, how how big a signal are we talking about? How in miles? It's approximately a three mile radius, because um, as defined by Low Power FM. It, you're maxed out at 100 watts, but it's effective radiated power. So there's a lot of math involved in engineering. <laughs> um, we're we're actually going to be 21 watts because of where the antenna, the height, and all of that. So, but that'll give us enough coverage. And then we we won't really know until we're up and testing and. Uh-huh. and so, actually, how far you go and how how many people yeah. you, may, you may be be reaching. One of the reasons I wanted to have you guys come in is because, you know, this is something that I don't think is on a lot of people's radar uh, as, a, as a form of, of media and a way of getting message out. And uh, Amber and I both come from the Connection newspapers uh, in Northern Virginia, and we sort of see the power of local. And I know local, you know, in, in the sort of the new paradigm of, of what uh, media is right now, local – Everybody wants to 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 come up with a formula for local to succeed, and, and I think we're all still sort of struggling through that. Um, but we all sort of recognize that there's value in in having locally uh, created content uh, because people want that. People want to know what's going on in their community, what's what's going on down the street. Um, so, how about you, Marika? What type of uh, content are you looking to to put out there? Well, I'm a content kind of driven person. I'm a radio producer. I produce radio in my own home as much as possible, all the time. I tape. That's great. I tape my family. I've been taping my, you know, I tape, I tape my neighbors. I just, you know, when there's a deer in the backyard, I I go out there with my microphone. <laughs> uh, so when I when I first heard about this opportunity. Uh, uh, training has really been important to me because I did run, you know, I was a program director at a public radio station. I, I know the importance of getting those people lined up. And I fell in with a, a storytelling collective here in Northeast D.C. called From Block to Block. And they share my passion for story. So we have been training in sort of a podcasting mode. If you go to our website, TacomaRadio.org, we have we have a SoundCloud with really quite a chunk of pretty amazing stories produced by our local people. So that's a building block for us. People are love the word podcast. It's basically just a little piece of radio programming. So, you know, in a way, some people don't know what they're, some people, the young ones run to our training for podcasting because there's really, there's panache to podcasting. Mm -hmm. But these are just 
chunks of, of radio programming for us and we'll stack them up and we'd like people to learn to do a little with the microphone out in the field and bring that into a music show bring it into the gardening show bring it into the, the Lori and i we have the same sorts of ideas because the the programming will will come out of the community we we can't really say what it is yet because the people will emerge with the programming and that's what's really exciting too is is that kind of unknown and that's how we get to meet all these really cool people in our communities that probably in any other aspect we wouldn't get that opportunity and you keep saying the word community and i think that's really key here um with the like as mike said we came from you know community newspaper you're both involved in your community programming your community uh TV station, your soon-to-be community radio, you come from community radio. And I think the really great thing about LPFM is that you're talking, you're literally putting the voices, the actual sounds of people coming from their own mouths on the radio for other people in the same neighborhood to hear. Um, and everybody likes knowing what their neighbors are thinking about and talking about. And there's a, there's a little bit of like the, uh, the gossipiness to it, but there's also a real service there um, of letting people know what's going on in their backyards. And radio is something that you can do in a way that, you know, not everybody's going to read their local paper if they have it. They're not going to watch their local news if they're able to sit down and watch it for a half an hour. But radio, everybody's got a radio in their car and probably in their house. And it's just it's almost the thing that we don't think about anymore because it's just it's ubiquitous. And yet having, again, community people on a radio station in their community, I think that's I think it's revolutionary. I think it's wonderful. Now, Marika, you mentioned um you mentioned podcasting. We should probably sort of talk this because talk about this because I obviously have one foot in radio and one foot in podcasting. Why not podcast? Why why go down this route to radio when you know you can post this audio online and, and have a quote unquote worldwide audience that people can can access? Well, we will be streaming actually because it's such a it's such a tiny signal, and and just as a digression, we now found that we can be twenty watts, but. For the longest time, it looked like our number was nine watts. Wow. Oh, my gosh. It's really a weak signal. So um, uh, <clears throat> that is because of the math and the and the height yeah. of terrain. And we're on a very tall building, which is on a big ravine. So it's, you know, that's the way the math goes. But I lost the thread because I wanted oh, to well. tell you how stupidly low our power <laughs> was. Okay. No, I was asking about... Well, I was asking about... Streaming. Um, um, Sort of oh, uh, podcasting. podcasting. Why versus, live radio? Yeah, why, why, why radio instead of instead of just going and doing podcasting? Why go to the trouble of uh, building a, a tower and and sending out a radio signal when you could put it online? Because radio is the most accessible and used medium. I mean, it's in every car, as Amber said. It's in every home. It's a very cheap device. It's. We may be considering ourselves the first world and moving on past radio, but no, radio is really big around the world. And radio is giant. We have a, we have a very big um, immigrant population that we, we serve. People don't have computers or smartphones. People do have radios. So I think it's Nielsen shows that radio listening is on the rise. Um, I mean, I think we'll hold on to that thought because – well, it's not on the air yet, and when people ask me what's it going to be like, I say it will be easy to sell when it's on the air because you won't have heard anything like it. It will be your children, your neighbors, the seniors, the old people, the accented voices, the voices in other languages, people talking about passions like music from your, yeah, music from your 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 home country and and that sort of thing. Yeah. And um, you know, f for us too, um with our partnership with the OEM office, 
what do we what do we all do when the power goes out and we want information? We go to the radio because you can crank up your emergency radio and and still tune in, um, and we'll have that capability. Yeah, I, I was uh, in asking that question. Uh, I was ask I was trying to be the devil's advocate because. Again, I have a foot in podcasting, a foot in radio, and radio, despite what a lot of people say, is is still incredibly viable in mm-hmm. in, in America. Um, people don't realize that they sort of rush to sort of conclusions about what's going on in digital, and so you know opportunities like the what, the, what you two are jumping on are, are just you know places where people can leverage this technology that's been around for a while that people are very familiar with that don't have to go out. And, and you know, buy an iPhone or or you know, get some special equipment, uh, like you know, okay, Sirius or something like that, uh, Sirius XM. The, you know, this is this is something that they can get off their regular radio, and it's local. Yeah. So now you say that once that once it's coming on, you don't think you're going to have a lot of uh, trouble selling it. Are you? I know, um, and Laurie said they were a nonprofit. Are you? Are you also a nonprofit? Yeah, we all have to be a nonprofit to do this to do the community radio thing. You must be associated with a community nonprofit. Okay. Can I ask how much it, it, it sort of costs to sort of launch this uh, this endeavor? Well, I bet we have different <laughs> figures. Um, well, I a lot of money. Uh, well, buckets. yeah, I I have the benefit of um, our our associated nonprofit is us. So, WERA uh, LP is a project of Arlington Independent Media, and Arlington Independent Media is already a nonprofit. We've been in existence for over thirty years have already been embedded in the community and and giving people access to create content and productions um, to share their stories. So it was a natural fit for us. And we uh, we've already had done some some renovations to include uh, audio production capabilities. There was some concern about adding radio, (laughs) I will say. But like Marika had said earlier, that this was a historic opportunity. It's free. The worst that could happen, you fill out the application and they say no, but at least you tried. And for for us, it was yes and yes and more green lights and going on and on. As I have gone through the construction process for our studio, our uh, radio studio is probably a little higher end than what would be for um, regular community radio, but to fit in our our space and the other renovations that we had done uh, and had planned for, it made sense for us to go big. Uh, so we have glass walls because it's right in the entryway of our facility. And, uh, you know, we have, it's a custom, it's a custom room. Yeah. And, and one of the things, and the reason that Amber brought this to, could you sort of talk about how you got involved in uh, Arlington? Uh, I had this, this is sort of a convoluted story, but um, years ago, this is Let's take a journey, shall we? Um, <laughs> uh, a few years ago, I had been working at a um, regulatory newsletter in D- well in in Arlington, um, and my boss at the time, Jason Huffman, who has been a guest on here previously, have you talking about this? Right, and um, he decided that he wanted to take our our newsletter and uh, put it on YouTube, essentially. So he went to Arlington Independent Media. And took classes in uh, TV production and digital video editing and all of that. And then um, when he moved on, I sort of stepped in. Ended up being sort of temporarily stepped in. But I also started taking classes. And I befriended some people at AIM. And um, and I've kept in touch with people along the way. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, by the way, audio studio room and sound recording. And oh, yeah, 
we're going to put a radio station in here. And I, I really don't know how I stumbled into this whole vortex of awesomeness, but I'm really glad that I did. I've met some really cool people and I just I love what they're doing. And I don't know. There's something nerdy about it. And I kind of dig that. So before we were talking, uh, Marika, you and you and Amber were sort of talking about this conference that you guys had gone to. And, and talking about uh, the music industry and and, and uh, musicians and, and their interest in, in seeing things like this sort of succeed, could you sort of talk, uh, sort of expand on that? Well, it was the Future of Music Policy Summit, and it was uh, at Georgetown University, uh, beautifully attended. Oh yeah, nicely run. Uh, a lot of musicians. Not so much. It was not really so much about radio, but I was on a small panel called The Future of Radio towards the end. And there was, a you know, one Internet radio, WWOZ in New Orleans, Tacoma Radio, nice moderator, someone from NPR. Uh, it Really, this was about the musicians and how, how musicians need to be getting paid and, and uh, have their work on the radio uh, without uh, playlists and things being imposed from the outside. Uh, so I think musicians would see a great deal of hope in community radio because we're not playlist-driven. We are we love the local musicians. Passion-driven. Yeah, we're, we are passion-driven, and we are the home for our local musicians. Um, they see that. I mean, I think anywhere where musicians have a community radio station, they're they're involved in it in some way. Yeah. And, and this is, you know, again, this is one of the great things about sort of the time we are in, despite all the, the crazy disruption uh, from a content side, there's so much content that we have access to. And, you know, one of the I know one of the problems, uh, problems, one of the, one of the uh, concerns some people have about like music is, is where to get where, where can they find out about the new music? Where can they find stuff that sort of interests them? And, you know, here's an opportunity that, you know, some, you know, maybe somebody will do a show about local local bands or maybe a local musician will, will host a show and bring friends in. And, and it's, it's a way to create, you know, uh, I don't know, a vibe or, or something in your community. It's another outlet, another opportunity for airtime. Yeah. One of the things that I've been hearing from, uh, you know, I've been involved in music since birth and I have friends all over the world who are musicians and are passionate about music. Can't go a day without listening to like hundreds of songs. Um, and I had, uh, in anticipation of trying to start creating content and also showing some of our members who are new to radio how easy it is to put together a little podcast uh, of just music. Uh, you know, here's here's this band. I saw them here. They're great. This is what they sound like. Here's their latest song. Some of my friends, this is amazing because I need to, there's so many, there's so much music out there. They need someone to kind of give them the tips, like here's some cool new stuff and I like what you like. So I'm going to keep listening to you. And I think that that's kind of been lost over the years in commercial radio is that there's not the DJ on air doesn't have the freedom to choose what they play as much as they used to where it'd be like, we're going to tune into this DJ every Friday night because that's where the new songs are. And I think that that's where community radio can can fit in a little bit. Yeah, and I hear that a lot with podcasting. It's just the whole idea of curation. Mm-hmm. That that's that's the thing that I think that's where the play is. 
that, you know, there are all these different voices, all this type of different types of music out there. There's something that you like a lot, mm. but you don't, you're not going to know where everything is. So there's value in curators out there yeah. in, in the old FM uh, DJ who'd play, you know, the whole side of, of dark side of the moon, <laughs> <laughs> something like, you know, like, wow, this is great. You know, this is a good half hour of my day, but yeah. No, I was just going to say one of the other things, um, that I was thinking about when Amber was, was talking earlier about the community and all of that. I think, um, one of the great things that we can offer as community radio stations is this area. There are so many people coming and going, living here temporarily, if I were to move here, I would tune into Tacoma Radio and say, hey, how can I learn more? Like, what neighborhood do I want to li- live in? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Where are, where are my people? What's this <laughs> so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's that I think that's important, too. I think even though we'll both be streaming online and we'll, or, you know, the broadcasting will be local is an opportunity for people outside of these communities to say, hey, Tacoma is a really cool place to visit. Sounds like cool stuff's happening in Arlington. You know, when I go to D.C., maybe I'll stay in those communities or, you know, if I'm moving there, I'm going to go in there. Sort of builds on what Lori was saying. It is a great way to sort of get a feel for a place. Um, and you're not going to get that same thing. Again, I, I'm I'm a, a journalist at heart. You know, I've been, I've been writing since before I knew how to write. But you're not going to get that same feel from reading text as you are from, again, hearing voices. Um, you're going to tune into you know, uh, WERA, and you're going to hear what Arlington sounds like in some way. You're going to turn on the Tacoma radio station. You're going to hear what Tacoma Park sounds like in some way. And I think that that's remarkable. That's wonderful. And again, you've both sort of touched on this is not an area where just one type of people live. We have people coming in here, whether they're temporarily, whether they're relocating their lives from somewhere around the world. We all have different accents. We all have different voices. We all have different intonations. We all have different cultural backgrounds. And to to be able to put those people on the air and share their stories and and share their culture, their heritage, their music, their whatever, um, that's really cool. That's not something that you have a lot of. And I think having that opportunity, especially in the D.C. area, is is massive. Let me point something out, though, because it won't be easy listening. There will be many, many tune-out times between shows because it is not as, as a former public radio program director, the buzzword back in the in the 80s, for example, was seamless. Don't mm-hmm. give your listeners a, a, a reason to go, to oh, change. What? I'm, yeah. I'm going to change stations now mm-hmm. because I don't like the change that just happened when the <laughs> new programmer came on. So we will not be seamless radio. It will be so full of seams. They would call it patchwork in an old style, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. you know, patchwork, because it's going to be one different thing after another and not we can train to accommodate the changes we will train our people to be respectful of what came before and what comes after and an attempt to make them to sync things up so that so that it's a pleasant ride but there will be times when people are just going to like have to turn it off because they don't speak amharic for something like that right or they you or know, they don't like death metal <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a combination. But, but you know, I'd love to hear but, that. You know, corporate radio. I mean, one of the reasons you know you you start from a seamless model, and eventually, what ends up happening is you, you sort of sand out all of the all of the bumps, and it's the bumps that people are interested in. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you know, if you've got a lot of hills and valleys <laughs> on, on what you're programming, maybe you're not going to get a lot a lot of you know. I'm going to listen through the entire day, but 
people will recognize people are become such great sort of consumers of content because we have so much choice that they they they're they're more they're less patient for stuff that they don't like but they 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 will seek out things that kind of interest them mm-hmm. that that are different and genuine genuine is the is the key i think and that's certainly in the conversations i've had about podcasting people recognize genuineness and that's that's the thing they want to want to hear even if it is a little sloppy sometimes or even if it's a little little crash i miss sloppy <laughs> I, I say i'm i'm tired of overly professional radio i would like to be surprised and and shocked, actually, yeah. by my radio a little more often than I am. Yeah. I come from a freeform college radio background, so it was all, you know. Oh, wait, wait. Let me, let's let's hear that little bit of that song again, because that's my favorite part. And then you just go back and like, spin the record back and cue it up and like, there you go. All right, now you can listen to the rest of the song. Just had to share that with you. You can know? turn off the radio when the radio is doing that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Real here's, personalities. There's 10 minutes of animal sounds. <laughs> Yes, like, well, maybe not ten minutes, but um, or maybe fifteen. Maybe fifteen. If who it's knows, a wildlife you know, show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I heard this. Oh, I can't remember who it was. They were talking about. I guess no, it was Pendulette. He was talking about the first time that he had seen uh, the Ramones, and he hadn't didn't know what the Ramones were. And he listened to the first listen to the first couple of songs, and every song sounded exactly the same. And he was like, "Oh, this is ridiculous." I mean, I like the sound, but it's ridiculous. Then ten minutes in, he's like, "Oh, I can't listen to this. This is this is. I I got to get out of here." Twenty minutes in, it's like, <laughs> "Are they really doing this?" And then thirty minutes in, it was like, "Oh my god, this is the most brilliant thing I've ever seen." <laughs> and it's so like, you know, sometimes it takes a while for people to recognize mm-hmm. something that's that's revolutionary and it's in its strangeness and its and- its uniqueness. And stuff. And, and one of the things I like about this, and that I, this was one of the reasons I was asking Amber about her experience um, in Arlington, is you know you guys are a resource to the community as well. Uh, we, we talk ab- about a little bit about podcasts and people people getting enthusiastic about wanting to go out and doing a podcast, but have no idea uh, of the technical skills to do that. You 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 in Arlington they offer classes. I don't know if you guys do. Uh, you do too as well. And, yes. Um, where people can come in and get get some radio production. And they can learn how to put together a quote-unquote show, whatever that is, mm-hmm. whether it's something they're going to turn into a podcast or whether it's something they're going to hopefully turn into a winning radio slot, I guess. A couple of my young friends and colleagues in radio teach media literacy at D.C. Public Libraries. So they have brought that sensibility to Tacoma Radio. And we're, we haven't, we're training for radio and podcasting audio things right now, but we are expanding our training model to be like media literacy for seniors. How do oh, you use great. Google Docs? How can we, we want to be paper free. We're very small. We'd like to be paper free, but technology is, a, you know, it's difficult for, you know, people of a, of a generation that's not like the over 30 even, like we can use some help. In, in discerning what's what's available for us uh, in terms of media literacy, so beyond radio, uh, other ways in which we can we can we want a broad footprint. If it's just we can't be just radio. Arlington's already TV and radio, but I think we have to be. I mean, we could be daycare, a bike shop, storytelling, after school <laughs> place, intergenerational. Uh, you know, we'll have special workshops. I hope we're where a young person will come with an old person and we'll have an afternoon workshop of just like going back and forth in a two-way content, you know, exploration. 
interview each other. Just we have a lot of ideas for opening it up beyond radio. Yeah, and it's interesting that you mentioned, even just sort of tangentially, the D.C. libraries. D.C. libraries is kind of a revolution in the way they serve the public, where it used to be the library was a place that you go to do research or you'd go and take out a book. You know, so much of that information is, is on your, at your fingertips online now. You know, what role does the library play? And they become sort of a, a central repository for resources for the community. And some of those things, like what you guys are doing at your at your various stations, is you're providing resources for them to, to be, express themselves, to advocate in the community, to get their voices out. I mean, that's hugely, you know, uh, powerful. You know, it's a natural partnership uh, for us as well with the Arlington County Library System, uh, not only with content that they're creating now, but oral histories that they've recorded over decades um, that are just sitting in an archive uh, that we may be able to, at once we have access to them and learn what the st- stories are, there may be certain times of the year that it's relevant for us to go back and, and hear what what things were like uh, at a certain time period. Yeah, it's just it's just a natural fit. And similar to, to, to what Marika was saying, we we teach media literacy and it's all ages and you know we definitely want um you know initially early on in these stages it was definitely a 30 and up sort of age group that was partnering to to make this happen but we're being really mindful of uh, i want some kids and kids to me or anybody under the age of 21 <laughs> <laughs> um, and even younger than that we already teach like video production camp for 9 to uh, 13 year olds we envision doing that for radio and i think radio is a little more accessible because you don't have a camera in your face so w- what you guys have been describing is is pretty much going on all over the country right so no matter where you are you're going you're to be able to find a local uh, outlet that's going to be doing this type of stuff by and large yeah for the most part yeah. yeah so how can people find out places like that in their community what's a good good w- strategy do you think i would imagine don't Maybe. say Google. That's the show. No, that's the well, show. is there a network for community radio stations or LPFM stations, or is well, it still too new? The it is probably still a little too too new. There's some grassroots stuff, but um, the organization, the activist organization that kind of spearheaded making these LPFM app, uh, possibilities in urban areas is the Prometheus Radio Project out of Philadelphia. So. That's where I would recommend people start is that if they can't easily find something in their own community, like by Googling, to contact them because they know. They know even ones that aren't working directly with them to launch. They that's In fact, that's how a community member came to me because I had signed up for more information from them. And that was the, the seed for, for Arlington. They said, oh, go talk to Lori at Arlington Independent Media She's interested in this, so is, is there still it. opportunities for um, people to go out and get uh, low FM, or is that all? Is that all gone? The app- no. yeah, the application window closed in uh, no- November uh, 2013. Okay, it's unlikely to ever come again. As a matter of fact, because yeah. if 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 anybody botches their construction permit or their their potential license on LPFM, it does not stay in. The LPFM world, it goes back to the general, you know, 
real estate on the dial and probably would be assigned as a translator for commercial station. So don't mess it up. I mean, that's the idea. Don't mess it up. That, that kept me sort of aggressive when we had six of us competing. I'm like, (laughs) I I know I'm not going to mess it up. I hope I get it because I don't want this to go back into the hopper and be given to a commercial station. So who, who is managing us at the FCC? The FCC. Yeah. 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 The FCC, you know, opened up that opportunity. They, they took that community radio act, took a couple of years to turn that into this, you know, document that is the way in which we, we both applied pretty straight ahead, eight page document with 20 pages of instructions. Just had to get it right. So what are you guys hoping for in your, in, in your, once you launch in your first year, what would you like to see happen? Personally, um, I, I hope that we've got so many people that we've got a waiting list for content to get on the air. I mean, I, we don't want to turn anyone away, but we, we definitely want to be 24 seven. Uh, I hope it gets to the point where we have to hire more staff because there's just so much happening and we need more people. And uh, yeah, I looking forward to having fun. (laughs) I, I hope that, um, we're so successful and so compelling that it will be easy to get grants from a foundation or individuals. And it is my, I like intentions. When you put an intention out, chances are much better that you will, you'll get there with that intention. My intention is Tacoma radio will not be, as I call it, begging on the air for money. I hope that we're not doing pledge drives. I think people come yeah. to be programmers. They don't know how to ask for money in the right way on the air. And there are they many examples of that all over the radio dial. Yeah. <laughs> We've all seen it. And I think <laughs> and if we it. can keep our people just sure, if you're, if you're doing your show and you're doing your Pokemon show, and it's pretty unusual, <laughs> at the end of your show, you might say, if you love my Pokemon show, give to WERA because this is, you know, this is, this is what we do, but mm-hmm. not just like not to break in every everything. 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think let people ask for the ask for support for their own programs, but not do the the big pledge drive. I'm, I'm really hope, mm-hmm. hoping that we don't pledge drive. That makes people yeah. change the channel. I yeah. feel I feel the same way. I'm hoping that like, you know, like Marika said, that our content will be compelling enough. And, uh, you know, the members of the community who are listeners um, want to support that. And then we, you know. We have foundations and organizations that want to support it in a larger way. How are you going to get the message out about when, when you go on, go live? Have you thought about that? We've well, we're already in that cycle where we've uh, uh, invited the press. We've been doing social media. Um, we've had some. We've used other local media uh, in Arlington, the Sun Gazette, Arl Now. You have something on your website that is really arresting. You go to your if you go to the WERA website, there's something going on oh, there. Yeah, <laughs> we we haven't launched our WERA website, but we have a landing page. It's at WERA.fm. We have a countdown. Nice. And it's at uh it might be at less than two weeks now. It, uh, it's, well two weeks from as you yeah, watch yeah. the seconds are ticking by, Lori. Yeah. <laughs> Are oh, you sleeping I right now, Lori? <laughs> I'm not sleeping, no. Yeah, that, that clock is in your head. <laughs> it, it is. It probably concerns my um, my boss, our executive director, even more so in this race history. I, I, I just think it's, uh, while I'm, you know, I'm stressed and, and I'm looking at that clock, I know, like, so many, so many people have applied to get 
their content on the air. So many people have signed up to get the training. Um, and I just say everything's going to be fine. The people are coming. They want this. Um, so that's really uh, rewarding to see. How, the logistics of it, yeah, that's a challenge, but bring it on. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> it might have been See Hitchcock who said that if you want to make suspense, you put a put a countdown on it. Want to drive people crazy? Oh my god! It's um, well, this has been great. Um, so, where can people find your um, your radio stations online? Because uh, thinking that that there will be other people outside of our area listening to this. Uh, well, we'll have uh, WERA.FM as our website. Um, and you can also go to ArlingtonMedia.org, which is, you know, Arlington Independent Media's website. Obviously, the two sites will partner with one another. Um, we're hoping uh, uh, to get the WERA website up as soon as possible. It's it's just a landing page right now, but that'll be the place to go. Cool. Marika? Uh, TacomaRadio.org. And we do have the call letters W-O-W-D-L-P. And we have those domains, but I'm not using that yet. So just to come radio.org, eventually it'll be wowd.buzz or something like that. We've got several of them. The Tacoma Radio website is really cool. There's so many pictures on there and you get a real sense that even though it's not, you know, quite as, as ready to go or close to being on air as WERA, there's definitely a feel that there's life there and that there's people with real enthusiasm. You're just raring to go. So, it looks really cool. So, Lori Arlington is you're going to be launching December and De- yeah, December sixth. And when, when's your when's your on air date, Marika? Well, we must be broadcasting by it's a date like uh, I think it's July twentieth, two thousand sixteen. But the, the one thing it's kind of a cute visual that I that I thought of, and we moved on to another thing. But I've ordered this week the transmitter, about half the studio equipment, and the antenna, and and our main engineer, our installing engineer, just says, "Well, we're going to make sure everything works. We'll just like it's coming to my house because I have a central, <laughs> I have a central address with a covered porch, and I'm I'm there, and I can had I can handle the stuff coming to my house. We're going to set up, you know, we're going to put the equipment on the dining room table. Nice. We're going to put the antenna outside in the backyard because it's like a microwave. It can really hurt you. It's hot. <laughs> oh my god, it's hot. <laughs> and so." I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that day where things where we 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 check it before we put the antenna up on that pole on top of the building. We're going to make sure it works just on the ground, and it'll be really we'll be videotaping that. It'll be of course, really interesting. It's content. So, so people in, in Tacoma need to watch out for like a, a death ray in your backyard. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Just just temporarily. Just it's, there, it's, yeah. Just there on Tulip Avenue in Tacoma Park. It's okay. All right. Well, thanks a lot for coming in. This has been great. Thank you, Mike. Thank, Thank you, you Amber. Thank you. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the changing state of digital news. Find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. You can also download episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at All Journalism. It's All Journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening.